This episode is brought to you by TBS. It's October, and that means the MLB postseason is back on TBS. You can watch the biggest and brightest in the American League take the field and battle it out for a spot in the World Series. There will be crazy hits and clutch performances, jaw-dropping action from the Division Series on October 11th, and, of course, you have to watch the crowning of the next American League champion. Catch the best of the MLB postseason all month long on TBS. heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network for Thursday, February 18th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and Jimmy Murphy momentarily as well as we're ready to look ahead to tonight's Thursday NHL card. We've got nine games on tap, and we have no time to waste, so let's get to it. We'll start with the, man, I'm sick of the uh, Battle of Ontario at this point. This is now the third time (laughs) in four nights that we're going to see the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs once again. But here we are with the Leafs once again. Three uh, dollar favorites here, minus three ten in some spots. A total six and a half here, shaded to the over. Of course, the Leafs had that absolute debacle in the first of the three games against Ottawa uh, on Monday night. Uh, a five one lead evaporating, and they lose six to five in uh, overtime to the Senators. But a bounce back effort from the Leafs, though they had to work for it pretty uh, hard against that Senators team. Because of the fact Ottawa playing pretty tight defensively as of late, it's also been, you know, why they've been a very heavy trending under team in their last eight or nine games. Uh, it went under the total with ease uh, in uh, last night's game, but the Leafs pull out a two to one victory uh, in that game. Good goaltending though on both sides. It's one of those games where if you're watching it and you're seeing the flow of play and you're seeing the chances that both teams got, the chances were there. Could have been a 4-3 or 5-4 game, but the goaltending uh, from Murray and Anderson was very good. Problem is you're not going to see Murray or Anderson in all likelihood at least tonight. Uh, I wouldn't expect to see either one. Uh, it's the second of back-to-back games. It's the third game in four nights uh, for these two teams. I think you'll probably get Marcus Hogberg in net for the Senators. Hasn't been confirmed either way who's in net. And Sheldon Keefe for about a week now has said, at some point, we're going to need to give Frederick Anderson a rest, uh, a night off. 
and they've pointed toward this game, this back-to-back set against Ottawa to finally get you know who back in the back in the fold for the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Michael Hutchinson. So you might see a Michael Hutchinson sighting in net tonight for the Leafs. And if it does indeed turn out to be Hogberg and uh, Hutchinson as your two goalies tonight for these teams, I think we're going to see a game that resembles more of the Monday night track meet than the two to one uh, grinder that we saw last night between these two teams. So keep your eye on the goaltending situation. I certainly have a play over six and a half circled in this game. Um, and I'm probably going to end up confirming that once we get the goaltending news. But if it is indeed Augberg, who's got still dreadful numbers, he really had one good start against Winnipeg and then reverted back to a really poor effort in his next game against Toronto uh, in that 6-5 game. I don't trust him. Hutchinson hasn't played in forever. He had a sub-900 save percentage and above three goals against average last year uh, in the NHL. Uh, certainly sets up for goals if that's the goaltending matchup. And that would be my lean in this game. And I'll confirm it once we get uh, goalie confirmation for this game. But I think we'll have a chance to see some goals both ways tonight in the uh, third and final matchup uh, between the Senators and Leafs in this three-game set. Alex, what do you think here? Ottawa-Toronto. Yeah, if I had to look at anything, it would probably be leaning toward Ottawa at the plus price, like I said, especially if it touches in the net, which uh, it seems to be the case here. Like I said, even though Hogberg hasn't been that great of a goalie, but – I feel like, like he's in a little bit more better rhythm than, uh, like I said, Hutchinson, who we haven't seen play since in the, in the bubble when he was at Colorado, uh, filling in as a third stringer late in, in that series against Dallas. So uh, other than that, like I said, even the over six and a half, it, it's a, a bit scary because you look at last night where I, I thought, you know, Toronto would come out, you know, furious and, and, and have a, a rally. And I almost played the first period. Uh, puck line with the Leafs. I'm glad I didn't. It ended up being scoreless after 20 minutes of play uh, and then only a 2-1 final. So, uh, you know, that's the thing. When you have a, a team that's clearly, you know, a better squad in Toronto, they can kind of dictate the pace whenever they want. Uh, and, and like I said, well, sometimes it may not even matter who's in that uh, if their offense gets rolling. So I'm just going to more likely to stay away from this game altogether. All right, next game, Islanders and Penguins. We've got Pittsburgh minus 120. Uh, home favorites here, five and a half shaded to the over in this one. Uh, these are two teams. Well, the Islanders are certainly trending in the right direction. They played really good hockey of late, uh, starting to play better at their in their own zone, which is the hallmark of the Islanders when they're winning. They're playing well defensively, uh, and they certainly did that against Buffalo. But Buffalo was anemic in those two games offensively, to put it mildly. I mean, they had 20 shots in the one game, 21 shots in the second game. They didn't have a single shot in the third period of the first of the two games against the Islanders. They score one goal uh, in the two games combined. So I think um, the Islanders, for as good as they've been defensively and in goal during this run of theirs, they're going to be tested a lot more by Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is finding some offense lately and playing a little bit better at that end of the ice. You know, an odd little stat here, uh, Islanders-Penguins, we know the Islanders often, more often than not, at least trend under. You would think maybe that's been the case with these two teams head-to-head. It hasn't been. They've been five straight overs that have cashed between the Islanders and Penguins. We had four three games in the two previous matchups this season with the Islanders and Penguins. I think we get something similar here tonight. I know it's tough sometimes to bet the Islanders over the total, but I think Pittsburgh is definitely going to pose more threats and challenges uh, for this Islander team at the defensive end of the ice than Buffalo. And it's worth noting, Rust, Crosby, and Gensel, the top line for the Penguins, they've really been getting it going uh, of late for this Pittsburgh team. Uh, got shut down a little bit by Washington, but uh, it was a game where LaViolette was kind of reading the Capitals' 
the riot act for some poor defensive play of late, and they finally bear down in that game defensively. I could see the Islanders kind of relaxing a little bit here, not defensively. And believe it or not, the Islanders, when they've the, the best time to bet the Islanders under the total, it's often when they have a bad defensive game because you know Barry Trotz is going to come right back and say to his team, hey, guess what? We don't win hockey games that way here. we got to be structured. we got to be responsible. Now that they're off two easy games where it was so easy for them to defend that Buffalo team that just could barely generate a thrust of offense, let alone score any goals, I think they're going to be in a tougher challenge here. So uh, I would look over five and a half here, minus 115. From a side perspective, Pittsburgh, to me, could still be a bet-on team Moving forward, I do think they've played a little bit better since the uh, new regime of Brian Burke and Ron Hextall uh, came into town. But I'm not going against this Islanders team right now. They're playing well. I'd have to lean to them here at a small plus price, the New York Islanders side. Uh, Alex, what do you think here with the Islanders and the Penguins? Well, I'm just going to keep riding what I've been riding uh, the last several games with this Islanders team. That would be the first period over. And I'm surprised it's only at uh, uh, one and a half minus $1.15 when you look at how high scoring these two teams have been overall early in games and against each other. We've seen, uh, you know, seven of the last nine meetings go over in the first period between these two clubs and, you know, usually by more than two goals. So uh, we're getting a really good price there. And I'm also going to roll with uh, this game to go into overtime. We've seen that happen in four of the last five meetings. And you can get that at plus 315 or even plus 320 I'm seeing in one shop. So uh, two really good plays that I liked here tonight with, with these, these clubs. They they play each other tight. Uh, he said they start off scoring early and then they kind of, you know, taper off a little bit late. Uh, so I would not be shocked to see the full game go over, but uh, I definitely think this we'll probably see some overtime again uh, between these two clubs tonight. All right, there we go. It's been working. You're right. I, I definitely recall, Alex, you've had a lot of good winning wagers with these first period overs with these two teams, Islander, with the Islanders overall lately, but uh, Islanders-Penguins, I think you had the first period over in a couple of those games. So going back to the well, Islanders-Penguins over one and a half first period as well as the draw at a nice plus price between uh, the Islanders and Penguins. Next up, uh, New Jersey and Boston. Boston minus 215 to minus 2, uh, actually minus 210 to minus 215 is generally the range we're seeing here with the Bruins as massive home favorites here, total five and a half shaded to the under. It's a little bit of a tricky spot for Boston. I wouldn't talk anyone vociferously out of taking New Jersey here taking a shot at least with the Devils. You've got the Devils that played a really good game against the Rangers. Mackenzie Blackwood is finally healthy again, back in the net for the Devils, and he was outstanding before the pause, and he was just as good uh, in the victory against the New York Rangers uh, the other night. And New Jersey, you got to give them credit. They weren't supposed to be doing what they did to the Rangers the other night with the artillery that's still out. Nico Hishier out, Travis Zajac out. Best two-way forward, I think, is Zajac. One of their best defensive forwards for sure. Nikita Gusev out, you know, still a couple guys out uh, from the protocol list. And all they did was go into the Madison Square Garden and beat the Rangers. Uh, very impressive win uh, for New Jersey. And if you'll recall, first week, first couple days of the season, these two teams played each other in back-to-back -back games. New Jersey made it difficult on the Bruins. Uh, now, no Pasternak in those games because he, he hadn't come back yet uh, in that first week of the season. So you have to remember that. But nevertheless. You know, New Jersey had a very game effort from them uh, in those two games against the Bruins. On the one side, I'm concerned about the spot for the Bruins because they're on their way to Lake Tahoe, Nevada, following this game for the big uh, Sunday afternoon outdoor game 
uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers on NBC uh, on the weekend. So is this a look ahead? I don't know. I don't know if it will be because the one thing I'm very reluctant to do, even though I do think this price is a tantalizing one on New Jersey to take a chance with it, the one thing that holds me back is we have the Bruins off a loss to the Islanders uh, in their last game uh, that broke that winning streak. And the one thing I don't generally like doing is betting the really good teams, betting against the really good teams off a loss, a la Tampa Bay, a la Boston. And with them off that loss to the Islanders over the weekend, I'd expect the Bruins to not look past the Devils. So I've got conflicts and arguments going both ways. Pass for me in this game. Uh, Alex, what did you do with uh, New Jersey versus Boston? I like this under five and a half here. You can get it around uh, minus a dollar ten, dollar fifteen. I think like you said you're going to see a more focused Boston team coming off of a loss, which means they're going to play tight defensively. That that's been their their mantra all year. And uh, like I said, with New Jersey, I think you know it's a bit of an aberration with them. The way that they beat the New York Rangers, the Rangers are just you know in a, in a tailspin right now, and that that's more of a uh, you know a downward look toward the Rangers than it is an upward look toward the Devils. So. Uh, I can see that, you know, we saw these two teams that play close games. The last three meetings between these two teams have also gone in the overtime. Uh, so it's a lean with the draw. I'm not official on that, but I'm official on the under five and a half. All right, Devils, Bruins, under five and a half, minus 115 uh, for Alex uh, B. Smith with this game, the Devils uh, and uh, the Bruins. Uh, yeah, to me, it's yeah conflicting arguments going both ways. Uh, New Jersey will have to see. And you're right, the Rangers ain't the Bruins. So New Jersey's going to find that out tonight. It's going to be a much taller order for them uh, with a surging Bruins team, a te- Bruins team that was just ripping off win after win, playing excellent hockey, balanced hockey at both ends of the ice. I mean, I, we talked about Toronto earlier. They're still looking to find that balance where you can push the attack, generate chances, generate offense, score goals, and still play a responsible, sound defensive game. Tampa can do that. Boston can do that. The Leafs trying to get better doing that, uh, but they're still working at that. But that's what's good about Boston. They can go after offense and still be able to not run themselves out of position defensively in their own zone. So uh, I'd expect Boston, again, to play uh, come come to play because of the fact they're you know four days and uh, off that loss to the New York Islanders uh, uh, on the weekend. Nashville-Columbus. We've got uh, Columbus here, minus 120 home favor. Uh, nobody's ripped Nashville more than I have. Uh, and rightfully so, this team, you really can't look at Nashville and say there's one area or one aspect of their game that's working for them right now. Their offense is dormant. They're 25th in the league in terms of goals per game allowed. Uh, their Their power play is 24th in the league. Their penalty kill is 30th in the league. There's only one team that has worse penalty kill this season than the Nashville Predators, uh, and that is a problem. Uh, the coach is a Awful coach, in my opinion, John Hines. I've said that a million times. It's okay to fire Peter LaViolette. I get it. Things were going uh, awry for Nashville. Maybe, you know, the, the he was being tuned out. You know, maybe things just weren't going well. They needed a new voice. But John Hines shouldn't have been that new voice. What did he do in New Jersey to warrant a second opportunity? He was given B.K. Subban, Taylor Hall, all these great New Jersey players, and he drove that team into the ditch, and he drove himself out of town and got canned. And yet he's the replacement for Peter LaViolette. Now, David Poyle's a smart guy. He's done a lot of good things here in Nashville. He's been a, a, a GM that's you know made helped make hockey work in a place where I didn't think it would work, Nashville. But what he did there with the hiring of uh, – John Hines is a head scratcher. Uh, you, you can't come up with a better candidate than that. 
I mean, you must be kidding me. I mean, you got to be joking that you can't come up with something better than John Hines right now as a head coach. And he's just a, every bit the disaster, in my opinion, in Nashville. There's no adjustments. There's no ingenuity. There's not changing our style, doing something different to try to spark the team, get a different flow going. Nothing. It's the same old crap that they roll out on the ice every night. Just a bad hockey team. And then they're not getting saves consistently from Pecorine or UC Saros either. And the defense outside of Roman Yossi, they can keep them. I don't want any of them. Uh, not a good hockey team. They're two and six. Think about this. Nashville's two and six in their last eight games. Do you know what the two wins were in those last eight games? Detroit, lowly Detroit by a goal, by a skin of by the skin of their teeth, they won that game three to two. And the other win was that, you know, two goal deficit that they had against Florida in the final two minutes, that miracle comeback, and they won six to five in a game they didn't deserve to win. That's it. Those are the two wins for Nashville in their last eight games. Not good enough. And I think they get Columbus at the wrong time tonight. Columbus is off two straight losses. They had the 3-1 lead against Carolina. And then Kakalaki exploded for six straight and a 7-3 victory. Uh, Cam Atkinson, Seth Jones, John Tortorella, the head coach, everybody's saying, got to get better defensively. It's exactly why I'm not riding the Columbus over again tonight. It was a best bet winner for me, the Carolina-Columbus over the other night. But I think I'm just going to stick to the side here. It's a cheap price with, to me, the better team. I think Columbus really uh, steps the, up their game, bounce back showing against a very beatable down-and-out Nashville team. Nashville, I believe, one and seven their last eight road games as well. So uh, they've just been absolutely dismal. Bounce back, get well spot here for Columbus at a reasonable price. I like the Blue Jackets here, minus 120. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts here? Nashville, Columbus. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like I, I said in the chat, you know, the, the special team edge, is a huge advantage to Columbus. They got their power play rolling right now. We're uh, going against one of the worst penalty kills in the league uh, in Nashville. They said everything's just just going wrong for the Predators right now. And the way that Columbus, like they blew that three one lead, uh, they're going to be fired up right out of the gate. So I definitely like uh, Blue Jackets here on Monday line. And I, w- I wouldn't even you know talk anyone out. I see in the chat somebody mentioned uh, you know on the puck line. I I wouldn't be shocked to see that cash in too. Yeah, I mean, if I, for value purposes, yeah, I wouldn't talk anyone out of puck line. I mean, I I think they could get this one by two or more. I do get concerned with Columbus's, you know, propensity to win so many one goal games, which has been the habit for them. But uh, if you want to take that plunge, I wouldn't say no. Uh, and you're certainly going to get a nice price here with the Jackets on the puck line uh, in this game. Uh, in fact, uh, let me just uh, double check here. Uh, yeah, you'll you'll end up getting a very very good. Yeah, there you go. Thanks, Alex. Yeah, plus two hundred. A really good price there uh, on Columbus. But, yeah, I think this could be the night we're finally – and Nashville, look, as bad as – Columbus has definitely regressed and declined defensively since they got Lyonnais and and Roslovic from Winnipeg. Not surprising because Lyonnais is a bit of a defensive liability at times. But I think tonight there's a focus to tighten it up, and it's not like Nashville is the kind of team that can take advantage of a team struggling a bit defensively. Uh, they've been obviously having trouble finding the back of the net. So uh, Alex and I both like in Columbus there. Uh, New York Rangers, Philadelphia Flyers, uh, Philly minus 115, home favorites, five and a half shaded to the over. Um, I am on the Rangers very small here. This is smaller than a lot of my other plays tonight, minus 105. And I know they've burned, uh, certainly me, a bunch of times this year, this Rangers team. But you look at Philadelphia, they're an absolute uh, – depleted mess right now playing their first game in a very long time off their COVID hiatus. And look at the guys that are out connect me 
Jake Voracek, Travis Konechny, Jake Voracek, Scott Lawton, who had a hat trick against Washington right before the pause, Oscar Lindblom, Claude Giroux. I mean, you're talking about probably four of your top five or six scorers. You know, the only ones that are left are Couturier and JVR, James Van Riemsdyk. Those two guys are going to play tonight. Uh, you know, it's just, it's a lot of artillery missing in action tonight for the Philadelphia Flyers. And they've got the Lake Tahoe game against the Bruins coming up on Sunday. It's not a great spot here for uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. And look, the Rangers are a team that is just underachieved. They haven't won close games. They've just disappointed. Maybe they've, maybe they got to make a coaching change potentially um, with David Quinn, but I don't know if I want to rush to that level just yet. Remember, he did a good job with the Rangers last year. Uh, they were, had a really good second half. Some of that definitely you have to give Quinn the credit for. I think it's too soon to uh, just, uh, you know, send the coach uh, packing for the New York Rangers. But it's, it's got to start with Mika Zibanejad. I think the moment he gets out of this goal-scoring slide that he's in, I think then the floodgates might open for a team that we know has the forwards and the talent and the skill level to be able to score goals, and they're just having a tough time with that. The defense has kind of – Definitely had a tough night against New Jersey. Uh, but prior to that, the Rangers had been playing a little bit better defensively. I can't say I'm in, I'm just full of confidence, brimming with confidence here to back the Rangers, but I have to at this price, given the spot for the Flyers and given all the key manpower and key personnel that's not going to suit up for them tonight. So for me, just a small uh, play, small wager for the Rangers here at minus 105. Alex, uh, Rangers versus Flyers. I'm staying away from this side altogether. Like you mentioned, it's been you know a long ten day layoff for Philly, and they've got to get ready to go play in Lake Tahoe after this game. And uh, like I said, the Rangers have just been absolutely abysmal, losing four straight. And if I had to look at anything here, it would be a lean with the under. All right, next up, Buffalo, Washington, as the uh, Sabers trying to trying to score, trying to find the back, trying to get some shots on goal at this point. That's what they're trying to do. Uh, Washington minus 155 to minus 160 home favorites, total six across the board. How about the money coming in on the Sabres? There's been a lot of Buffalo support in this game, driving this price down. And uh, look, Washington's defense has not been good prior to the last game. They finally buckled down in their own zone, played a much better game in front of their goaltender uh, in the 3-1 win against Pittsburgh. Prior to that, they had definitely struggled uh, defensively. So maybe the betting markets see this as a spot for the Sabres to get their offense going uh, a little bit. You know, if you want to be proactive, the Sabres team total is probably pretty low in this game. I would think the team total uh, for the Buffalo Sabres here uh, in this one is uh, two and a half, I would think. Let me just uh, bring that up here. I would think it is. Yeah, two and a half minus 120. If you like Buffalo over there, it's, it's a bit of a leap of faith. We're talking about you know, a team that's only scored a goal in the first two games combined, but that came against the Islanders. Question is, is Washington ready to um, show that they can play good defensively again? Well, they did against Pittsburgh. Buffalo is definitely having trouble generating chances, getting shots on goal, getting opportunities. I mean, to go a whole third period and when you're trailing in the game without a shot on goal, I mean, a lot of that has to be credited to the Islanders the other night and their good defense, but a lot of that has to go to the Credit, uh, discredit to the Buffalo Sabres uh, for just not working enough to get free, get open ice, and get those scoring chances. And that's been an issue for them in these two games. So I actually have a gut feel type of lean to Buffalo team total uh, over two and a half that maybe against this Washington team that prior to the last game had really been leaking goals 
at the defensive end, but I don't know if I've got enough confidence to actually pull the trigger there. It's just a small lean. Other, And you might also want to lean full game under, if anything, because if Washington does play good defensively again, it will be difficult for Buffalo uh, to find the back of the net. And if it, that's the case and they're held to zero or one, like they were in the two games against the Islanders, then you're going to need you know at least five goals uh, out of Washington uh, to get this game over the total, maybe even six. So this game might stay under. Uh, but a part of me also thinks maybe the Sabres against this Washington blue line, which has been struggling at times, can finally find some offense. So I'm going back and forth, slightly into the team total over on Buffalo. But other than that, it's going to be a pass for me on this game. Uh, Alex, what's your thoughts with Sabres Capitals? Yeah, I'm passing on this game as well. It, it, you got Vanasek making his 12th consecutive start in that uh, you know, you wonder, you know, like I said, if the defense isn't holding up in front of him, you know, how long can he stand up the pressure on his own uh, and make big saves? But you can't trust Buffalo to score a lot of goals right now. So uh, this is more, like I said, just a clear pass. I don't like anything on the side or the total. All right. Next up, San Jose, St. Louis. We've got the uh, Blues minus 180 home favorites, five and a half. The total shaded to the over here in this one. Uh, St. Louis coming off that uh, seven game playoff series. Oh, wait, seven game regular season series against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. And they lost four games to three. Uh, four, three, Arizona went uh, just eking out that seven game series over uh, St. Louis, including a one nothing shutout uh, over the Blues. Uh, there's a lot of things I like in this game, and they all point to St. Louis, in my opinion. I like teams after a shutout loss, solid teams like the Blues. Uh, and again, you compare Arizona defensively to this San Jose group, I mean, it's night and day. There's no comparison. Uh, San Jose's been leaking goals. Their penalty kill has struggled. Martin Jones isn't a trustworthy goaltender. Uh, I would look a bunch of different ways here. The Blues team total over is in play, in my opinion. Uh, St. Louis in regulation here at about minus 120. That is something I like in this game. I think they bounce back uh, here at home against the Sharks, uh, who, again, they, they beat Anaheim the other night 3-2. It was the first good defensive game the Sharks have played in a long time. But look who they played against, Anaheim, who are you know 30th, 31st in the league, right there with Detroit, one of the worst, and Nashville for that matter, one of the worst offensive teams in the NHL. So it was a step down in class for this San Jose defense. Now they're going up against a Blues team that can find some offense. They are going to be a little bit shorthanded tonight, the Blues. That is the one concern. Sammy Blay still out. Jaden Schwartz still out. Robert Thomas still out. Bozak, Tarasenko, Steen out. Uh, and it looks like Colton Pareko on the blue line not going to play as well for the uh, Blues. But there is help on the way. It looks like Tory Krug is going to be back after missing the last a game or two for the Blues and obviously arguably uh, their best defenseman, certainly one of their best defensemen back in the lineup for the Blues, and he helps the offense. When you think Tory Krug coming back into the lineup, you think he helps the offense. He's good in his own zone, but he helps the offense. He's a good puck mover, power play quarterback, all of that stuff. So I think that'll help the Blues score some goals against a very suspect San Jose team. So uh, I haven't bet the team total, but I lean that way. But I am on St. Louis in regulation, minus 120, and I am on San Jose St. Louis over five and a half minus 115. One thing to point out, St. Louis, every game this season where they've gone under in the previous game, the next game has gone over the total. You look at St. Louis, it's been very, very odd. But when the Blues play an under in their previous game, the next game goes over the total. It's been that way every game this season for the Blues following an under. Of course, they played a one nothing game easy under the other night against or Monday against Arizona. 
and every game they've had an under the last game, they've gone over the next game. I think that pattern continues and holds up tonight. Also, another reason why I like the over here with the Sharks and the Blues. Alex, what do you think? San Jose, St. Louis. Yeah, I like this first period over. You can get it one and a half minus a dollar twenty or a dollar twenty-five. Uh, I think the Blues are just gonna be happy to be playing somebody not named the Arizona Coyotes for a change. That that's gonna really kind of you know uh, yeah, give sure. them just a, yeah, just give them a, a fresh look at things. You know, you, you, and that that's something we always talk about during the playoffs when the team you know a series goes six or seven games. We always talk about that team that advances. You know, obviously, it's great for them to advance and, and and they have the energy of that, you know, moving forward. But just seeing a different team, a different look, uh, especially now they're playing a Sharks team that's not as good defensively, as you mentioned, uh, but they can score goals as well. So I think we see the first period over cash in and just a slight lean to the to the Blues in regulation. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if this one actually, you know, is played pretty close early. Uh, but I think we at least see the first period over cash. So give me that minus $1.25. All right, like an over one and a half minus 125 in the first period with the uh, Sharks and the Blues, uh, Alex B. So we call Jimmy Jimmy Puck line uh, on the show for a lot. We got to call Alex Alex first period over uh, at this rate. Uh, he's on a bunch of them lately. But the problem is, it doesn't roll off the tongue very easily. It doesn't sound right. Good, so you got to park the bus with that nickname. Can't give you that kind of moniker. It's not fair to you. Uh, nevertheless, uh, we move on here. It is uh, LA and Arizona. Uh, Arizona minus 155. Uh, home favorites here, five and a half the total, shaded to the under. Uh, Arizona, of course, we just talked about it with St. Louis coming off the seven games against uh, Arizona, and now Arizona as well coming off the seven games against the uh, Blues, where they took four of the seven, four and three they went head-to-head -head against St. Louis. This, this spot at this price does concern me a bit for Arizona. I like this team a lot, but this is a dubious, tricky situation. You know, you played a lot of – intense, physical, hard-fought hockey for seven straight uh, against St. Louis. And why I don't think this spot's as bad for St. Louis, because you, you'll say, why are you worried about Arizona, Ian, but you're not worried about St. Louis? Well, St. Louis is off the loss. So I think St. Louis has got a little more onus and focus and mindset to, you know, play a good game tonight. Whereas if you're Arizona, you know, you just beat them four out of seven and you're off that one nothing win. Uh, in the final of the seven games against St. Louis on Monday. And I just worry this could be lay an egg clunker flat spot time, potentially for Arizona against an LA team. That's actually perked up. They've won two in a row. Uh, you can argue they played San Jose. They played Minnesota in their first game off their COVID shutdown and the wild were not necessarily sharp at all the other night against the Kings, but you got to give LA credit still for winning those games. They played Arizona pretty tough. Uh, in recent meetings. In fact, they've won two of the last three trips they've made to the desert here at Gila River Arena. They've won two of the last three times they visited Arizona. You know, if you're going to take a chance with an underdog tonight on this uh, Thursday card, I think you could do worse than taking a chance with LA here at about plus 140. And I think I might just do that here. Small flyer on LA here uh, in this game. Alex, what's your thoughts here? Kings versus Coyotes. Yeah, nothing official here, but I'm looking at this uh, under potentially. I can see where this could definitely be a game. That's lower scoring, and if you look at the, the trends here, four straight unders in the last four meetings, uh, and six of the last seven meetings between these two have gone under the total. So, uh, like I said, I can see this would probably be a 2-1-3-2 kind of game. It's just, so just to lean, there's other spots I like more on the card, but uh, I would not be shocked to see a lower scoring affair with LA and Arizona tonight. All right, lean only, but lean to the under for uh, Alex B. Smith with uh, Coyotes and uh, the Kings. Yeah, that's uh, – Coyotes – they gutted it out. I mean, and, and you got to give them credit for it. There's a lot of, a lot of 
back and forth opinion from uh, hockey betters, hockey handicappers I've talked to early in the season, their opinion on this uh, Arizona team. Some thinking they could really be uh, good, not only a playoff team, but make noise. And then some people thinking they could be near the bottom, believe it or not. So there's been a lot of varying opinion on the uh, Arizona Coyotes this season from people I've talked to. Uh, but that was definitely a nice showing for them in those seven games straight against the uh, St. Louis Blues uh, to play as well as they did. Uh, impressive stuff uh, by Arizona. And we wrap it up. Final game on this Thursday NHL card, Minnesota taking on Anaheim. We've got the uh, Wild minus 120 to minus 125 uh, road favorites, total five and a half uh, shaded to the under. Uh, of course, I mentioned uh, prior to that 4 nothing shutout loss to L.A., for Minnesota in their first game back from their COVID-19 pause uh, that they had a lot of key guys out. He's still because of the uh, COVID-19 protocol on the COVID-19 protocol list, Victor Rask and Jonas Brodin, Carson Soucy, Cam Talbot, among others. It looks like a couple of those guys are, are going to come a couple more are going to come off the uh, uh, COVID-19 list potentially tonight, but still a team that's bat battling some, uh, a shorthanded roster uh, just a little bit. Nevertheless, um, I do think it's a good situation here for Minnesota. I certainly think they're better than Anaheim. Uh, as long as the price stays, you know, below that's minus one, it opened minus 130. There's been some Anaheim support here. I think Minnesota is the way I would go here now at minus 120. I think they'll be a lot better. Uh, first game under their belt uh, after the long pause certainly can only help them. Can't hurt them. It can only help them. Now, finally having that game under their belt, I think they'll be sharper, crisper. Passes weren't connecting. It's very, very difficult for them to sustain offensive uh, pressure consistently the other night against LA. I think they'll be better in that regard here. Uh, and obviously, if they get a couple more of these uh, guys that have been out back, that'll help them a little bit. But uh, Anaheim, to me, difficult to trust them. It's not a good sign when you're losing to San Jose. Uh, like they were the other night when you can only score two goals against the shark defense, you know, and this is a San Jose team that going into the other night when they played uh, Anaheim, I had the sharks lower on my NHL power ratings than the ducks uh, and the sharks were able to beat this Anaheim team. And unfortunately for Anaheim, unless John Gibson stands on his head and unless Max Comtois scores a bunch of goals for them, you know, they're not winning games otherwise this season. And, and we've seen the results for this, uh, uh, for this uh, Anaheim team. Uh, so definitely the fact that you're going to get, you know, Jared Spurgeon back on the blue line is huge. That's the big one uh, for the Minnesota Wild. It will be nice to have him back uh, on the blue line. Uh, it looks like Rask, Brodine, Susie, Talbot are the guys still out. I think everybody else, forwards, defense, accounted for, and will be in the lineup tonight for the Minnesota Wild, for Dean Evison's team. I like Minnesota here, minus 120. I'll go ahead with that. I, I think the, the, the LA game, that was their shake off the rust game. They're better than Anaheim. The price is reasonable. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Wild Ducks. This is a game I'm probably, I'm, well, I'll definitely be watching it for sure, but I'm going to be looking for stuff in game more so. Uh, like I said, you know, a lot of, lot of pieces they need to kind of gel back from Minnesota. Like I said, they're missing a ton of guys on defense. That was the reason why they lost 4 nothing the other night uh, against LA. But at the same time, obviously, like I said, we can't trust Anaheim's offense, even if there's a bunch of guys, you know, missing defensively uh, for their opposition. So, I feel like we might be even, you know, I, I'm leaning toward Minnesota, but I feel like we might be even get a better spot, uh, a better price in game, uh, especially if the say Anaheim scores early, takes a one nothing lead. I'll definitely be looking at Minnesota next goal and then Minnesota money line as well in that spot. Yeah, the next goal props and these live props follow on Twitter, Alex uh, AX Smith Sports. He's been doing well with them, uh, and he's been having a good bead, good read on those. So 
Uh, make sure you check those out. So I, I will be on Minnesota here. I won't be on the total, but I do lean to the under here. Five and a half does set up like it could be uh, a lower scoring game. We saw an under with Minnesota uh, in their first game back. Anaheim stayed under even with San Jose involved, which to me is a bit more of an over team. So I do think we get an under here probably with the uh, Minnesota Wild uh, and the Anaheim Ducks. All right, that is the Thursday NHL card. We've gotten through all nine games. Uh, we'll get to best bets in just a second. But before we do, we've got to remind all of our viewers and listeners to the Ice Guys here on the Hockey Podcast Network to sign up for the draft. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account there. Use the promo code THPN when you sign up uh, and be able to get all kinds of exclusive deals uh, with your sportsbook account with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Again, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN for insider exclusive deals. All right, best bet time for this Thursday uh, on NHL card. Uh, I, Alex, you cashed a best bet yesterday with that over uh, in the Florida-Carolina game. Uh, I was on the Florida side, plus 125 as my best bet yesterday. Uh, so that, that game really worked out well for both of us. Uh, what do you got for an encore, Alex? Best bet for Thursday. Well, I'm going to ride the hottest trend in hockey right now. That's the Islanders' first period over. You can get it uh, one and a half minus down 15 against the Penguins tonight. I expect both these teams to uh, go back and forth early, and then things will settle down late, and hopefully we'll be able to cash an overtime prop as well. But my best bet is first period over with the Isles and Penguins. All right, Islanders, Penguins, over one and a half. First period, Alex B. Smith's best bet for this Thursday NHL card. Mine's Columbus, minus 120 uh, against Nashville. Uh, fade Nashville train rolls on, in my opinion, tonight. Columbus coming off two straight losses, including a one where the game just got completely away from them defensively. I really think they show up defensively, shut down a very anemic Nashville offense right now, and uh, – do enough to get the victory here tonight on home ice. Columbus, minus 120 uh, against Nashville. That's my best bet for this Thursday NHL card. And that will wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys for Thursday, February 18th. Thanks to everyone for watching and listening daily. A reminder, if you can't watch live on YouTube daily, you can download and listen to the podcast, the Ice Guys podcast version on all major podcast platforms. Uh, so be sure uh, to listen to the show uh, every single day as well in podcast form. Thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for listening. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Friday for another edition of The Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.